Hey everyone, and welcome to Overall Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Sines. For a complete list of links and links to other content, you can visit my link tree at robertsigns.com. Today my guest is singer-songwriter Robert Marshall, formerly of the bands Kid Hero and The Void Killers, a staple of the Los Angeles underground music scene. He's back with a new single and new album on the way. Today we travel through the chronology of his past, present, and future works and learn more about the inspiration behind the making of Robert Marshall. Okay, Let's do it. So welcome. How are you? Thank you. Good. How are you? I'm fantastic, kind of-ish. It's been a long time since I've seen you. Yeah, yeah. This is, um, for, for anybody listening or watching, um, Robert and I have known each other for like around 20 years or so, but... We actually haven't seen, well, around 23 years, 24 years, but we haven't seen each other in about 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we're catching up a little bit, or we've been catching up over the phone, but now um, we're going to do a little bit more of a, a introspective about his um, life and career in the music industry and his experiences and, the, and um, some things that go into his decision to make music, be in the bands he was in, and then eventually take a break and now coming back to it right right okay. uh i'm also very happy podcast it's my very first podcast interview ever so thank you uh you're welcome uh, your screen is frozen oh, okay there it goes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i wanted to have you on because i always you know i mean i remember when you were starting to uh, i don't know how long you had been doing it but i thought you were kind of in the early stages of like actually making music like you were already making music but um uh you it was like the beginning stages of you guys like you and your bandmates or whoever else you were hanging out with were starting to get like gigs and things and i always thought that that was so interesting and um then i learned about the different bands you were with over the years and i just thought it would be like an interesting thing to go, go through as you're kind of making your way towards making uh releasing a new single and working on some um, other new material. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> So the first thing I wanted to ask is, um, well, who are your musical influences and um, like who inspires you the most and how that affected you or influenced you to eventually actually decide you're going to make a, make a, make like really actually make songs versus like a lot of people are inspired by things. And a lot of people say they want to make music, but like, what? Who? You know, who are your biggest inspirations, and how? How did those things lead you to actually doing the thing? Um, I think probably um, my very first musical inspiration growing up was Madonna. Um, I, I admired the way she was able to make catchy music. To me, it's always about wh- how catchy something is. So, she was the first person that inspired me to to look into music as some sort of a way to create something or as some sort of a job or just something to work work towards. Um, as I got older and entered, you know, my adolescence and 20s, I started liking rock music more. And I think probably my biggest influence, I would say, would be um, Billy Corgan because the band Smashing Pumpkins, the words he would use and the introspective lyrics he would use, and uh, it was a little bit different than Madonna's because Madonna's pure catchiness and, and bubblegum, which I appreciate 100%. But um, as I got into adulthood, it became Billy Corgan. And I, I, but I, looking back at old Madonna, I still um, 
not old Madonna now, old Madonna. <laughs> I mean, previous Madonna. <laughs> because I don't look at old Madonna. Uh, but re- younger Madonna, um, yeah, like she she really was, uh, was a groundbreaking artist. And um, I think that her pop sensibility paved the way for people, even like rock artists like Billy Corgan, because the band Smashing Pumpkins used videos a lot to to um to convey their message and to get to get gather a, a bigger fan base and and they, they knew what they were doing I, pop music to me anything that 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 is catchy and that has that rhythmic um, melody to it is, is pop music to me and pop music could be uh hip-hop it could be alternative it could be rock country anything that's basically popular yeah i mean i i remember listening to um for me that would have been morrissey uh I, you know, I grew up listening to Madonna and watching the world be influenced by her and Michael Jackson. So um, when the Smashing Pumpkins came along, for me, it came after like the awareness of Nirvana and the awareness of uh, Morrissey. And but when I first heard Morrissey, I had only been listening to Michael Jackson and Madonna and like Paula Abdul and Janet Jackson and all the, you know, all the mainstream pop artists. So when I heard um, his Viva Hate album, it was like it was like pop music, but it was like like this mo- like a more eccentric, very poetic Thing and I was which like, oh my god, v- my mind is which blown. Which is Viva Hate. Which one? Um, it's his, is it's his first solo album right after The Smiths. What songs are on that one? Um, uh, every but every day is like Sunday, Suede Head. That's those are the singles. Uh, Margaret on the guillotine. Um, it's stuff like that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, and then eventually I did get around to the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, at first I wasn't really into them because. I saw, not that anybody's asking me what I thought, but I saw their, um, <laughs> what was that video called that they were in the ice cream truck? Today. Okay, I didn't like that stuff. That wasn't like my thing. But when well, I heard What the, didn't you like about it? Like, what? Um, I just thought it was just kind of stupid and who cares? It's very, it's just but like what, a lot the, of... The music, the, the way they presented the, themselves, or what the, did you like? The music was just so, too many, too much, too many things going on. To Jan Jan, I just it was just too many things happening. It wasn't really to me. It wasn't very melodic. There was a melody, obviously, but it wasn't very melodic. It was just kind of like a lot of noise to me. And then, <laughs> but then one one day I was watching MTV and I saw bullet. I saw the premiere of Bullet with Butterfly Wings, and I was kind of like, holy shit! And it was like a big amazing thing because it was it was like what you're saying. It was like a full blown like pop song, but it was like not a pop song. And I understood. I can say that I probably understood. Um, who they were, who he was as an artist. Like I wanted to go to prom dressed like him, to be honest. And but my mom wouldn't let me. But um, I just thought he was like the coolest person on the planet. And which like, outfit? Which look? Did you uh, the, look? The, the black shirt with zero on and the silver pants. Like I wanted to wear that to prom. And my <laughs> shaved head already? Did he have a shaved head or no? No, he still had hair. Yeah. Blue hair, right? Like, or didn't he like? He had black hair. It was just combed oh, okay. to the side. He kind of looked like a cupie doll. <laughs> but yeah, so have that you was seen like... him now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I guess we all age, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I saw him on I saw I, I I think I told you I went to the um the concert over here at the God, I don't even know what it for, what the stadium is called out here. <clears throat> oh, Golden One Arena or something like that out here in Sacramento, and uh, I only I only saw him from far away, but yeah, I I've seen him. Uh, he's did they he's, perform their all their hits? Yeah, and he you know he did some new stuff too, and I I always liked whatever he produced, like all the new stuff, so. I didn't have a problem with it, but I know that sometimes people want it. Sometimes people, even though when they think they're super in the rock, they're like, yeah, rock. They still only want to hear the hits. You know, it's like, yeah, you're so hardcore yeah. with your fucking commercial shit, you know. 
Anyway, um, so I can, I, I, yeah, so I can understand like the the um, reverence for for Smashing Pumpkins because, especially like with the when for me when they came out with um, the um, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, that was like in my mind like I'd never ever like Michael Jackson a couple years before that came out with his History album, and it was a double album. I think it was I think it was before, but he came out with a double album, but nobody gave a shit about it, and it was like oh it's a double album. But it was just, you know, one out, one disc was just songs you'd already heard, and the other album was new songs, so it was like a big deal. But it wasn't really a big deal. But when, when the Smashing Pumpkins did it, it was actually like a, a full-on double album, and each album had like a different theme. But somehow they also all fit together. And I just, I remember, hours, I just thought it was like the most amazing thing in the world. But, um, but, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also add, uh, cause, um. I, I was thinking of my top five artists. So that, like another one would be Courtney Love and they all m- m- mix together for me to create like what I think my sound is. And Courtney Love is another one who who I, I thought was really cool because she kind of brought the same sort of um, angst and uh, approach to her music as Billy Corgan, except he's way more polished. And I like her her rough edges and her grittiness and and um, I, I'm not polished at all, so I I, uh, I relate to that like roughness and and um, you know like a little bit out of tune sometimes, and it just it just works for me. It works with her. Um, I also like um, Third Eye Blind. You know who Third Eye Blind is? Yes, I remember Third Eye. I, 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 like, <laughs> I like Stephen Jenkins. Huh? Do they still? I don't want to sound like a piece of shit, but do they still make music? They do actually. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it, nobody buys it it's it's kind of hard to tell because it kind of it just reminds me of nostalgia so i'm a little bit biased to say like oh it's really great like it's it's the best music ever when most when i if i really think about it it's just uh like uh, like they're old music but not as good <laughs> and to me <laughs> these days that's that's okay that's enough as long as it's not horrible like it's it's kind of fine hard to find not horrible things out there and as you know with artists i like if they could put something decent out then it's it's a, a win for me and um smashing pumpkins have been putting out some decent decent new music um madonna to me has not put out decent music in a, in a while now over a decade uh courtney love doesn't put out music so i think she kind of she was on um there. did you see her on um oh, what was that show uh god there was a show she was on where she did a cameo and she did like a she actually did a song in it i oh, think it was yes, um, that was empire Oh yeah, Empire. She was on Empire, oh, yeah. and that, that was, was you know actually, so heartfelt and stuff. You know, it was like a really good performance. Yeah, I I think uh, she would uh, went down that route or capitalized on that. She could she could have had a something, you know, like because uh, she got a lot of critical acclaim, and and that was the first time that people cared about her music. And she was playing uh, a drug addict or a reformed <laughs> drug addict. So of course she is. <laughs> yeah, so she was playing that role, you know, like. Uh, and and it was a good song, but I think that uh, she's not focused from what I see. Um, Third Eye Blind continues to put out music, and then my fifth artist was Shakira. Oh really? <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that that come into uh, fifth place, but I think like also Garbage I like, but I think Shakira. Um, if I look at her history, um, actually it's pronounced Shakira. Shakira, <laughs> Shakira, <laughs> Waka Waka. Um, <laughs> Have you heard that song by her? Waka, uh, waka, waka. Yeah, I did, but it's just kind of weird to, like that people could get into that when all I can think about is Fozzie yeah. Bear. 
Yeah, I don't I don't like that songs. Like there's some some songs like that every artist puts out that's a little bit silly. Clown songs, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean that's one of those. But I she I go back to 1996 when I first discovered her. Her I think it was her first album that that came out. And um yeah, I so I've liked her for like t- over 20 years and uh she still puts oh, out singles that that I like longer than 20 you know, every years. once in a while. What? <laughs> Been longer than twenty years because we haven't talked in twenty years. And... <laughs> like twenty twenty four years that I liked her. So yeah, twenty like thirty. And every every <laughs> album should put out one decent song. Like and I said nowadays, if if an artist can put out one decent song Do you from think an album, so? I mean it, it it garners them another album. Oh, that's so aggravating though. That's so aggravating because I yeah. feel like that's just so like then why are you doing it if you can't just be consistent? I don't, I don't, I think that they're not aware of, of what good is anymore at that point. Like, I think, I, like, so then, I think you know what? So think... then they shouldn't be taking the jobs from all these other bands in the world and artists in the world who, who do, who, who, who are like, would love the opportunity to like make more of an effort and give a shit than just be like, oh, I'm here. I have to, you know, like, you know, that would require decency. And we're, we are talking about Hollywood pop stars, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is going to sound like really way out there, but like, even with, I want to say even with, but like, you know, Cher is not really given credit for like writing a lot of songs because she has a lot of writers a lot, but she at least knows a good melody when she hears one. You know, she makes a few mistakes here and there, like with her not commercial album or her um, it's a man uh, man's world album, whatever. Like she makes a few little errors here and there, but she knows that she still's got to have like a some part of it that's like kind of catchy or or whatever. And and you know, she's been around like longer than all of them, so I just think mm-hmm. it's a little bit like, come on, dude. Especially like with Shakira, where she's just like. People like actually still give a shit about what she has to say, but she doesn't really say a whole lot of anything except, you know, waka waka waka, <laughs> right? <laughs> and what I think that song was like for the Olympics or something, right, or something. Yeah, it was. It was. This okay. has another song called. I thought and that that, that was so weird that she even did that because she's not like from Africa. So like, why would they not just use an African artist to do that? Because because it's another uh, institution that that need, would cap rather capitalize on her than you know like they they don't they don't they're not gonna ever do that use somebody like that's valid or that you know makes sense it's all about like money and and who 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 can get the biggest audience she's a worldwide audience she's one lame. of the biggest artists ever huh lame. Yeah, lame yeah yeah um okay so courtney love <laughs> oh no okay so so you went through smashing pumpkins courtney love uh third eye blind um shakira was the madonna. fifth one right madonna and yeah. The, yeah and again okay yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay so then um how did how do you think that uh, those like are there certain influences besides being obviously influenced by them to want to make music? What would you say are things that might have actually physically happened in real life that manifested you to like learn guitar? Um, I, I met a friend and we we both had an interest in music, so we both um like went went for it and 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 started a band together and um you know i had never played an instrument in my life so i, I kind of learned how to play a little bit of basic drums and how to hold the guitar and um i didn't really write any music besides a melody melodies here and there and um you know we it was we wrote a few songs together and then that that was like in 2000 and then uh, uh several years after that i made a, i met somebody a friend uh and he showed me what minor and major chords were on the guitar power chords 
where it requires like, you know, just two strings to be held. And uh, I'm left-handed and I didn't realize that I would need a left-handed guitar. So I struggled uh, since 2000 up until, you know, 10 years after that, trying to, or playing songs um, with, a, with, a wrong, with the wrong guitar. So I struggled a lot with, with that. And I, I basically wrote uh, several songs with power chords. And um, I learned that I had a, that I was, my best thing that I could offer was like maybe a melody. You know, I wasn't great at, at, at instrumentation, but uh, what I was able to do, I was able to create something. And uh, so I started writing music um, by myself. And uh, I have about maybe 35 to 40 songs that I think are somewhat decent. Um, I probably would even cut those down to maybe 20, uh, just because I, I find that since I was working with such a, a small amount of chords that I knew, I, I began repeating chords and sometimes I'll go back and realize that I use a similar, the same melody in a different song. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I have I have enough songs to to put out an album or to have something recorded. Um, but I just I, I've just been lazy <laughs> and haven't <laughs> done it. And and since the world is ending. Oh, now, so, so you mean um, like additional songs from what from songs you've already made before, though, like new songs? Well, Every once in a while, I'll pick up my guitar, uh, dust it off, literally, <laughs> and uh, and just like like try to play again, just so my fingers will become uh, you know used to it again. I used to play the guitar every single day. I would go to work, come home, and be addicted to to writing music. I just would for hours come home and just write a song every night, and and I just I, for for many years I did that, and then um, I moved and uh, what happened? I moved and I, I wasn't able to be as loud with the guitar, so that was my excuse, and I put it away, and then ever since then i just i take it with me wherever i have moved but i just never really uh have picked it up and and earnest gotten back into it so um every once in a while i'll pick up the guitar and i'll uh play some of my old songs like i'll look at my list of songs that i have and i'll play them at least once just so okay. i can remember what i wrote and um i find that <clears throat> that i'm able to not correct a melody but make it a little bit stronger than than what what i wrote it and i think that um that's just due to growth. Like when I would write music in the past, that's the only growth that I'd be able to measure. Like if you, if you work on your muscles, your arms, you get muscle that you can measure that growth. For me, I would I would write music. I would compare from previous songs to ones I would write at that moment and say, oh, I, this is way better than that. And yeah. so I was able to see that growth. Since I haven't been writing music, there's no growth to be recorded. So when I pick up the guitar and play the songs again, I find myself becoming tighter with the melodies and making them roll more and and I, I i think if i were to go back come back and record them there'd just be all the old songs i have refreshed you know and i'm sure there's a couple of new songs that i could bust out but i i, I also think that all those songs that i did write um deserve to be recorded for 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 me you know because when i would record a song here and there just listening to listening to listening to it would be like um like a, a a drug. It just was something that was satisfying, and it was myself speaking, and it was um, me exhibiting what what uh, what I feel my talent is, and to hear it back, like the best feeling ever in the world. So I think that I I I need to record some songs and 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 get that feeling before the world ends. And <laughs> and you haven't ever really like I mean you've put out songs before, but you put out songs before like even Spotify. So, um, MySpace, yeah, yeah, MySpace. So, like, your music is not currently like on any of the streaming or 
like download platforms. So I imagine, um, I'm assuming that you have uh, like plans to do this in the somewhat nearish future. I do, I do. Uh, before spring, I plan to have a, a channel out. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe a YouTube channel, possibly. Uh, but a Spotify, as many platforms as I can get. You know, I, I back then it was all about when I first started my first band. I remember we went and got a. Uh, we found uh, somebody who wanted to be our manager. I met her at my job and I told her about our music and she really liked my attitude and, and what I told her we were about. So uh, she was a legit kind of person. She worked for an agency and um, she wanted me to, wanted me and my bandmates to go to her house and take her the, our CD. So we went to her house, took it to her, um, talked for a little while and then we left and then she called me back and uh, said that she couldn't work with us because some of the lyrics that we wrote were questionable. We were we were younger and we were crazy and we really took advantage of the sex, drugs and rock and roll part of it. So we wrote about stuff like that. And um, it was just um, kind of too raw for her. So um, we were just like, whatever, you know, we didn't really care. We were just going on to the next thing, but it was always about getting a record deal. That was the only way back then that you can get anybody yeah. to even notice you. But now there's so many platforms that um, it would be a, a crime to not, to not take advantage of it and and you know what do you have what do you what do you hope to um like put on i mean i don't know if i'm allowed to ask but what do you think you're you would put on your on your youtube like a music process music making process or uh maybe just the i mean i i don't know maybe just the finished product uh with uh like uh, a screensaver in the background or something i don't know <laughs> yeah uh and that that is to me the most uh as well as listening to the finished product, um, creating creating it and coming up with that first uh, strumming around with the guitar and playing with it. Like I said, the, the few little uh, chord progressions that I know, um, just coming up with the little chord progression and then coming up with the first couple of lyrics that create a melody and you see it start to take place um, or, or to form, that that is is super gratifying. And and it, it always brings like a little tear to my eye where I'm just like, yes, like, this this is this is what life's about like about this part of like it's like you're giving birth almost <laughs> I, don't yeah. know, I don't know what giving birth feels like but uh it's like a little child or something you know like and um you become possessive of it and then uh, throughout the next day i'd start um creating the melody in my head once i got the first you know the first um beginning of it and seeing how what the the, the way it's going to go the first couple of lyrics then i can know which which direction it would go and then i'd come back and try and make that melody be formed to the chord progression so it's still kind of the, the same little up and down of the yeah. melody but then i'm putting it in this constrained chord progression production of music that i've already done with which is not very uh it's not, it's not a, a great range but i'm able to put it in that way so i feel that had i was if i'd been a great musician technically i would i would have been a, a great songwriter or or even greater songwriter than than I think I'm. I think I'm an okay songwriter, you know. I well, think anybody heard, who writes a melody is a songwriter, you know. Uh, well, that's not necessarily. I don't. Oh, anybody who writes a melody, yeah. I mean, some I'm lyrics are to music and yeah. Some lyrics are better than others, you know. Yeah. Like you know, like like it's like Madonna songs. Like some some Madonna songs are better than others. You know, where she's doing a really thoughtful. It's really like oh my gosh, like it's so cool. But then you know every, every and then there's other songs where everything every other word rhymes with yeah, so she can just say yeah instead of any having to think of any other lyrics, you know. Um, do you remember what the first song you or the first what came first the song or the lyric and do you remember what what your first like lyric or song or lyrics were about 
Yeah. So before I even got into a band or met my friend who um, who who I was able to to move forward with with creating a band and starting music and writing music, uh, I was uh, I started writing po writing poetry. I guess you can say I never considered it poetry. I always considered it lyrics because I I to me um, there's a different way to write poetry than than there is to write uh, lyrics. Lyrics follow a flow that don't necessarily match what poetry equals you know what i'm saying like poetry yeah. is like haiku it follows a, a <laughs> specific rhythm whereas as lyrics don't specifically follow that rhythm um and if you write them down on paper sometimes they don't translate as well as they will like you say like yeah you know like if i put yeah there um sometimes madonna means it to be like a whole lyrical like a whole melody right she does use yeah a lot which which i I, well, lately I she found, has, yeah. In the last several albums, it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good um, technique, though. Like, not necessarily saying the yeah, but I noticed the way she uses yeah, or she'll always end a specific sentence with, with a higher note that, oh, yeah. And then um, it's just a trait of hers that I've noticed. And I I, I don't want to say I stole it from her, but I, I <laughs> whenever I'm writing melodies in my own head, I kind of follow that same, eh, yeah, yeah, or whatever. And um, so when I'm writing, I mean, I'm writing it, it's not the same as hers because I'm, like I said, fitting it into a, a different chord progression that's nothing like hung up. It's so, more like, you know. So do you write the, so you write the music first before you write lyrics or what do you mean? Um, I, I usually write it together, together. Okay. Because I, I find it, um, like I said, when I start writing with the guitar and, and I'll start coming up with a melody and a lyric, um, it's kind of hard for me. It's it's easier for me to start from that process and start them all together, so I know to I can move forward with the three of them together. I've I there is a song that I recorded, um, well not completely, but I wrote the melody first, and I just was singing it to my head, and I was able to come up with the 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 first verse, the the bridge, the chorus, the pre-chorus, everything, the a whole complete song, and with the melody in my head. Um, so I took it to get recorded, and I told the the producer, the guy who was helping me, I told him, I want the guitar sound to just be dun, 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 dun. So I kind of gave him the, the the sound I wanted for the guitar and he played it beautifully. And then um, and then I, I re recorded the, the melody over it. And that was one of the only times I'm able to do that because I feel if I write a melody, a whole, whole song before the, the music, then uh, what if the music doesn't match? You know, like I think it's for me, it'd probably be easier with, with music first, you know, because I um my melody is kind of guided by by the the notes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've written songs where like I've written. I've tried to. There have been many times where I wrote all these lyrics and I had a melody in mind, and then I go on the computer and I actually can like, you know, get that melody out there in the music, but then something happens in the instrumentation that it the the melody that I wrote doesn't fit for everything so then they end up having to change it but whatever but yeah i just yeah that that whole process that you do is oh i should put my phone on um silent on um, yes i'm on right right now so i'll probably have to edit um <laughs> so uh so what was i gonna ask good then so, let me eat one potato chip well it doesn't really matter you can <laughs> eat a potato chip it's just a podcast it's a mukbang <laughs> Is it really? No. Oh, no. Oh, ASMR? You're like... Uh, 
<laughs> okay, so do you remember the first song you made? I do, I do. Um, I still, I still sing the melody to myself to this day. It's so corny and it's so like, oh, well, it's, it's just, it's just my first song ever wrote, and it was called "Hoping for Love." I used to be, um, <laughs> I used to have crushes on girls when I was younger all the time. Um, uh, before I became celibate, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I would always just like see somebody and and always be like, oh, I have a crush on them, and um like uh write a song about them or write write songs like just like oh, i'm hoping for love and if you're beside me it'll be enough all these years i've been searching for you i'm hoping you feel the same way too and after everything that i've been through i will be hoping hoping you'll be loving me too oh that's <laughs> like nice so though cool. yeah those are, that's, that's really well well written how old were you when you wrote that do you remember probably like 16. Oh, yeah, that was like way. That was pretty advanced, actually. Because when I was like 15, 16 years old, I was writing like I was writing like what I thought were lyrics, but they were like okay, so like you know somebody would piss me off or I'd just be in a mood or whatever. Like in the beginning, I started writing poetry, and it wasn't very good, and I didn't know what to write about. And then I heard Morrissey sing "Your Life," and I talked about that in a different in a different episode. But um, it made sense of what you're supposed to write about. But to be honest, it it, it wasn't until I met you that I kind of like you. You said something, and it's in my that's in the podcast too. But um, I didn't mention your name, but this is who you is. Um, you <laughs> you you were I think you were starting to like make music, and we had gone through like something where we weren't talking as much anymore. But you were starting to make music with other people, and so or so you you asked me, or maybe it was before that actually. No, it was just like right in the beginning when we first met. Um, you asked me if I wrote like lyrics and i said yeah because i had been writing for like a long time like all kinds of shit and then you said yeah but like all sarcastic like yeah but do you write um <laughs> but do you write song lyrics with a melody and i answered yes <laughs> to you i answered yes to you because um i was like fucking what am i supposed to say like no i'm stupid you know but, but um, th that, saying that probably intrigued me because i had never met anybody who really um like uh like besides the, the friend i started the band with who really uh like because everybody wrote lyrics i mean um poems right everybody had well i write poetry but um i i had never met anybody who actually had created melodies for them you know like so when you told me that like i was like oh i'm i'm curious you know yeah so well, go on. so well so 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 it actually made me um it made me write differently because i was basically like that i i probably wrote poems but i didn't really i didn't write poems for the sake of writing poems i thought i was writing songs but I was writing actual poems that were more like rants with no form. There was no like poetic, <laughs> there was no, you know, poetic form. I, I mean, I've seen po poetic forms in school before where it was like, you know, when you do this, when you, you make a shape on the paper or, you know, you write a haiku. Like I, I knew what those things were, but, but when I was like in the mood to write something, which was like all the time, because who else was going to talk to but a piece of paper? Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking about like, uh, you know, a, a function or form of, or a type of poetry. So I would just kind of go on, on, on like rants in rhyme form. And, and in my brain, I didn't really have a melody, but it, I had, a, and it wasn't until you said that, that I went like sometime afterwards. And I actually started writing saying like, it was kind of weird. It was like a moment where I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what, what, what does he mean? And so then I started trying to do that more and it got better. Um, but get what I was supposed to do yet until I met a guy named, uh, this guy named Zach. I was, you know, talk, we were talking about making music. We were going to make music together and we were talking about like, 
you know, I was talking about how I struggle with like creating melody, da da. And then he told me something about, you know, base it off of like, um, you know, just what you hear in the words and how the words are, you know, said and things like that. So, you know, those two things together combined what I eventually started doing. But yeah, I wouldn't, I would not have even thought to um, write. It's kind of stupid because even though I heard Morrissey sing your life and it said sing your life, that got me writing <laughs> honestly. But it didn't yeah. get me writing in lyrical form, in format of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, pre-chorus, bridge, whatever, until I met you and you said that. So um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And and now that you talk about this, I remember wh- where who kind of was a big inspiration for me on that was. Um, so when I would buy new uh, cassettes or or yeah, I wasn't buying CDs back then. It was cassettes. I would open it up and 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 I would part of the the. The joy of buying new music was opening the, the the little booklet that it came with, reading who wrote it, reading the lyrics, yes. looking at their pictures, and um, I started to become super interested in um, in in the 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 people who the artists on it, like the the I mean the musicians on it and the songwriters, and um, as I started to you know buy more music or get more music, I started to recognize names, and um. There was a uh, there's an, a songwriter named Diane Warren. Uh, have you heard of Diane Warren? Mm, it sounds familiar, but no. She, she she's written like like over a hundred top ten hits, like 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 maybe over 10, 15, 20 number one hits. She wrote like um uh, the Aerosmith song I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. She oh, wrote okay. um Michael Bolton songs, like uh Celine Dion songs, like just a lot of those kind of um like uh, love ballads kind of songs, like okay. power ballads. She wrote a lot of those. So um, she wrote music for Def Leppard, I believe. Um, no, I don't, I don't know if it was her or another artist named, uh, another producer named Robert John Mutt Lang. Have you heard of him? Um, no, no. If I haven't heard, if I if it wasn't on uh, a Morrissey, Madonna, or Michael <laughs> Jackson album, I probably haven't heard of him. Uh, Mutt Lang was he did um, most recently he was married to Shania Twain and he did her album, that big successful album. He did um, Def Leppard. He did Brian Adams. He did more of the rock, pop like like. Uh, I always remember that these big gigantic songs would have the title plus they'd have a couple words in parentheses. Like okay. you know Brian Brian Adams songs, uh, everything I do, I do it for you. The <laughs> song was actually called I Do It For You, but the everything I do was in parentheses, right? <laughs> so there was Diane Warren does a lot of songs like that. I don't wanna miss a thing. Like I don't even think it's one whole song with some parentheses in there. Um Another song, Have You Ever Needed Somebody So Bad? Just these long titles. Dan Warren also wrote some of Cher's hits. She wrote If I Could Turn Back Time. So in the, it, when I started uh, listening to music, I would see her, her a lot. And I started trying to mimic her style by, by including the, a statement, a, a question, and, and an answer within the title. Like, like I just said, like, everything I do, I do it for you. Or just like two different just by, by being extra, I guess, you know, like, <laughs> and I started writing uh, songs that way. And, and um, I think the song Hoping for Love, no, not that one, but some other songs I wrote had parentheses because I was trying to be like that. And, mm-hmm. and um, it was probably silly at the time, but it kind of uh, structured the way I felt what what music should be, be, you know, what good music. And she's a very, she's won a lot of awards. And to me, she's one of the best songwriters because she writes really catchy. She knows how to write a catchy song that people will will be humming back. You know, and um, yeah. so I, I I use I use her as an influence a lot, and and her structure, and I even knew where her offices were at, and one I thought one day I'm gonna go and show her all my songs and say like I can do this with you, and um, so she was a big inspiration, and I and I recently have been looking at 
some YouTube videos on her and some interviews and I find it fascinating and she comes up with music the same way I do. Not not that I copied her, but uh, in coming up with music, but we we do it the same way and and um oh oh you mean you the know, way you the way you taught her <laughs> the way I taught her yeah <laughs> I I learned from the best and I even learned like the way she does it like she's like I start coming up with like you know sometimes I'll come up with a mouth like a like a, a small melody or something I know I'm gonna use but it's very rare where I'll come up with a whole entire song and you know because as soon as I come up with a melody the first thing I want to do is put put it to an instrument and I and I do honestly every once in a while we'll we'll turn on my keyboard and I started trying to learn how to play keyboard and <clears throat> I don't know how to um make chord progressions just as horribly as I do guitar progressions meaning like I, I'll, I use four fingers I'll hold the two notes that sound good and then I'll find them on on the other side of the board and hold those down and and my, make like a, a four chord progression that's you know, all like I it's do always four chords I need to break out of that but I'll be able to to write a little small melody to it you know so so I, I'm just yearning for like the instrumentation and, and all that. But um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, keyboard is my number one. Uh, it's It seems like it'd be easier than, than guitar for me. Write so many songs with literally uh, like 10 notes, 10 no on the guitar. Uh, and I, I just, once you learn how to play, a, uh, you get a progression, three or, three, three or four notes. Those, those three or four notes in that progression could be mixed and matched in any way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it, it's like, I, I, there's a song that I wrote called Ripple Effect, and that one I did actually have. Uh, that's the only song I have. I would say that is completely finished, produced, like a, a instrumentation, like all the instruments. Um, there's even a guitar solo in it, which I didn't write that part, but um, but it's it the vocals I think are on point. Um, uh, and it uh, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, so what 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 I think makes that song good, and um, is, is that uh. There's a there's a bridge in it or the the yeah it's a bridge that that it is completely stops not stops the song but it turns it around and it gives it a different feel and then it comes right back and all I did was I I that same chord progression I was playing the three or four notes when it came to that one I played them backwards and it it oh, okay. it, they, it still it still was in the same rhythm of the song the same notes so it still off off it in but it it changed it like where it's like it was going from fast and went da na na like it just slowed it down and then I was able to sing over that and then. Uh, I stopped it and I went back to the regular one and it, you know, so yeah, I learned, I learned how to play a lot of stuff with a little bit of notes. <laughs> so ha so after when you started like learning, so were you, so you and a friend started making music? Uh, that like was my first band, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So how did that happen though? Like you, so you, so you decided because of a series of, well, like some influence to actually go and buy a guitar and like start doing that. You went from that to how'd you go from, um, learning to play guitar and um, learning to write, or not learning to write, but like learning to play guitar and make music at the same time. How did you go from that to the like, decision of, um, oh, I met these people and I'm going to start a band now? Um, well, it, it, the, the order that it went in was um, I started a band with no experience, just, just uh, the melodies that I had written in my head, uh, the lyrics, but no, no, no. But what um, made you decide to do that? Uh, I think I was on, probably on a uh, a drunken drug binge one night, <laughs> and and was probably spilling my heart out about what it is that I want to do in, in life and what I really, really wanted. My passion was, and then um, the next day we went. I went out. We went out and bought um, instruments, and um, we bought 
to guitars, uh, some microphones, microphone stands, uh, drums, and a bass, and the wires, and the amplifiers, everything that was needed for a band. And uh, we ended up finding a drummer who, um, who without him, it just wouldn't have happened. Um, and because he brought life to our music. And we wrote some songs. Um, we actually um, recorded a demo, and which I don't have anymore. And I'll, I'll find it one day because I think I gave it to some family members. And, you know, hopefully they'll, ha- they'll, they'll find it one day. But um, we recorded those songs and um, gigs. And then uh, it was my first lesson in having a band is that uh, it's hard. It's hard to stay together because there's a lot of different personalities. And, um, you know, so our band broke up for usual band reasons. Like, what was it called? Fighting. Kid Hero. And how one long word. were you guys together for? Oh, Kid Hero was one word? Kid Hero was one word, yeah. And oh. there was an E huh. at the end of Hero. H-E-R-O-E. Why? So, um, because it was different than than regular hero. Okay. <laughs> trying to be extra, you know, and it, I think being a little extra sometimes catches the eye. So it it was like, uh, you know, people, oh, that's interesting. Um, but we got well this nowadays on the- on Facebook when you misspell something, there's always somebody like, oh, it's not spelled that way. <laughs> <laughs> I I would not use it now because it has the word kid in it, and I like with all these like crazy things going on, like I would not want to be like, you know, uh. I just want to stay with adults. Does that make sense? Like <laughs> adult hero. A kid. I don't want to be a kid's hero. Like let them go to Barney for that or the Teletubbies. Um, <laughs> but um, so after that, and and I, and with that, I learned to play drums a little bit. I played. Uh, I kept a beat for some of our songs. I was able to play a couple of notes on the bass and able to strum a few notes on the guitar. So that was enough. And I I sang, and um, so that was me holding an instrument and strumming a note here and there was enough for me to get by and singing. And then when the other person would sing, I would um, do the bass or like, you know, we weren't very uh, uh, like we trained. So it was just like, we were able to convey a song. It wasn't necessarily in tune. It wasn't necessarily, um, you know, like perfect <laughs> or anywhere close to perfect, but but we did get the, the heart of the song uh, across. We conveyed the message and um, we, we had a lot of buzz. We had a lot of people who started bands after that, some of our friends, and they were um, inspired or jealous or who knows what, but, but that was a good, that was a good thing that people. Um, did you guys start doing shows? Did you guys, did you do shows with we them? Did or do like, shows. Oh, really? We did do shows. We played, um, we played backyards. Basically we played, um, uh, we played a couple of little like musical, like dive, dive bars. Um, which which was cool. We wanted to play like those kind of places. We did actually play a couple of dive bars actually. We played, so we played. So we were together for about about a year and a half. Wow. And probably played about shows. Uh, recorded a demo and um, yeah, we we probably, we wrote a lot of songs, but those songs that we'll, that we'll always remember are the ones that are on the demo. So after we broke up, um, well, why did you guys I, break up? What? Why did you guys break up? <laughs> I, it just bad infighting like it just um it, it was um uh, drugs drinking i just uh yeah oh, not, not a perfect that com- question <laughs> yeah well i know it's okay it just it was not a good combination and it wasn't what was supposed to happen at that time so it, it didn't go forward but it was a good first experience and and one that like opened the doors for me to say okay now okay because before i also used to like michael bolton because diane warren used to write songs for him like when i was a child like a t- early teenager, I liked his voice, and he was the only one that I could identify with that was a male solo singer. 
because I didn't never I never thought of me being in a band. I never thought of me playing guitar. I just thought of me writing songs and I guess singing them. So Michael Bolton back then and Brian Adams were were two of my like I like they were the ones that, that I liked. I, I liked their music not as much as I liked Madonna, but they were the ones that I aspired like they were they were the path I was gonna take. I thought. And then I, I met my friend, we started a band, and then after that I knew that I was gonna write songs on a guitar somehow and um was gonna pursue it a rock path. So um a couple years later I met uh, I met somebody else and like I said he showed me what the main major and the power chords were. So I started um writing music and um and then I, I think they were pretty good. And I recorded I started a band with those songs and um we did some shows, we played some clubs and um and I think the songs are pretty good. A lot of the songs that that I do want to use for what I re-record in the future are going to be some of those songs, you know, cleaned up and and um, you know, just just tightened up a little bit. Um, can I and ask? I, it's I it's kind good. of like not on the same. It's it's kind of like a little bit of a my own curiosity thing. Um, uh, so I noticed that a few people that I've talked to in the past, um, they write songs and they are really into those songs and um it seems like the 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 song creation process not creation the songwriting process seems to be a little bit slower than what i do because it seems like there's like you're playing it and then you're writing and then you're playing and then you're writing and once you make the song people like it seems like the 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 idea is to focus on those those songs that are made so more songs aren't made because the focus is on the songs that were just made. And the way I do it is kind of like in a, I guess in a crazy way, because I'm, I, you know, there are times where I'm writing like five songs in a day. And then there are times where I'm not, I'm going out of my way to like avoid writing any songs. So like I made a bunch of these songs recently that I think you heard some of them on, on Spotify right now, but I made like, like eight, seven songs in two weeks. And um, I, like recorded all of them. I haven't mastered them. I haven't fixed the levels, but I went in and I produced one after another, each, each of them taking between two to three days to make the one song and whatever. And, and, um, and then when, it, if I, and then if I was done with that in one day, I move on to the next song in the same day and I start creating that one. And then I, you know, so I'm finished. And my goal is to like not rush out because, you know, you don't want to rush things out and have all this content. That's crap content. It's like quantity over quali quality. I like to think that it's both. Obviously, you know, the older I get and look back at my work, I realize that there's a lot of stuff that was crap that I probably didn't <laughs> need to rush out, you know. But that's not because I was like rushing necessarily it was like because I, I used what was available to me and what I knew at the time. And also, you know, situational things in my life that were going on that didn't allow me to make better music or put more time into it. But um, I just think it's 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 just confusing to me that uh, so much time is honestly so much time, but a lot of time seems to be spent on perfecting the one song or the the few songs versus like doing the song making more songs doing the song making more songs so the more songs you make the more albums you make the more albums you make the more of the ideas that you have you get to express more often anyways so um i guess yeah, like why sense. do you suppose that is <laughs> uh i think because people um well personally speaking for me like i i think that when when i record something i i um I want to perfect it probably because of what others might think. Um, and that's sad to say that, but that's, I think everybody probably has a little bit of that. And um, 
I think once until you until you finally like have some sort of success and feel validated, then that that might for me, I think that would go away. But um, the fact that it's it's I have gotten criticism, both good and bad, uh, and the things that that people have criticized me for, like I I kind of focus on, and I'm like, well, let me let me make sure this sounds okay. And whereas before, I could just listen to my wailing voice and be like, yeah, I love it. Like I know what I'm thinking about. Like I get it. I know I'm learning. I'm learning about myself. Um, a lot of times, if it's gonna be like something that to be released, like it's probably they probably don't want to be criticized. Or I that's where I that's why probably what keeps me from just hmm. cre- constantly creating and 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 putting stuff out is um, I probably just I'm not I'm sure with my, of myself. Hmm. And it, and I think it takes a lot of time to to perfect something for me, um, you know. And and I'm also lazy. For me, I'm just a lazy person <laughs> too. So it takes me forever. And I think when I when I hear artists too, like they. For them, they I think I've because I've heard them complain about that they can't go back making new music because they have to uh, focus on promoting their new album or or they're on tour and and uh, like Madonna would say this a lot. She's like, I'm sick of these songs already and like I want to start writing new songs. But sometimes her tour goes on for two years and the songs were written a year and a half before they were released because she's a perfectionist and she wants to make sure it's perfectly mastered. So by the time she's uh, they're released to the public or she's doing her tour. It's already been their five-year-old songs, you know? And she's like, uh, <laughs> right? Like it. But my first band, Kid Hero, was an actual garage band. We would we would practice in the garage and um we uh we the cops would always the cops would always be called on us. And and we <laughs> we had a gig like on a on a Saturday. And so we were practicing every single day. Our first gig was gonna be on a Saturday. And we were practicing um every single day. So like on Wednesday the cops came and they're like you can't practice anymore and, and then or that was like on a tuesday and we're like okay and then wednesday came we started to practice so wednesday came and and they cop the cops came again they're like if you if you practice again if they if we have to come back again we're gonna take your instruments away so we actually found um a rehearsal space in uh like orange county or something anyways so that was that wait was wait, wait. Thing was we- that there there was a place that you took me to that was like multiple stories high and it was somewhere in not downtown LA, but somewhere in this area that was like a, an area of town where there was like only trucks going by and stuff. Burning. Was that it? Yeah, no, oh, that, right. th- no, no. That was that was with my second band. See, like with the with the first band, Kid Hero, we're like, well, what are we gonna do? Like, what 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 can we do? <laughs> so we we somehow found out that there's something called rehearsal spaces. So we would go and rent the place for a few hours and take all our instruments or use their instruments and and rehearse with our drummer and um, with so when I got my second band, um right away i knew like okay like we're, we need it we're gonna get a rehearsal space because imagine like trying to find a place like it's it's horrible like you have to find you have to find a place where you can set up your drums your amp and it's loud and it's just you neighbors will call, come and it's just you need you need somewhere like quiet or i mean mm-hmm. or that's soundproof so um i did research and, and there's so many different rehearsal spaces that are like that place that are just like old warehouses that they soundproof and they're just rooms and they're 24 hours which is the best thing because you know, you can live there basically if you want to, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so after, so okay, so you you did some stuff with Kid Hero, and then that ended, and then you went to um, another band. And so, how did the transition go from Kid Hero to the Void Killers? Well, there had been a few years in between, and then um, an opportunity came up where there was going to be a gig, and. Um, uh, somebody's like, you know, like there's an opening to play uh, for this time slot. And um, I was like, well, I have music. And they were like, okay, do you have a band? I was like, yeah, I have a band. And I didn't, 
but I had started to write these songs. I just learned those power chords, so the songs were fresh, they were new. Um, and uh, I, I, I said, yeah, I had a band, a, a band. And that Saturday, it was a Saturday, so that Saturday I had a little get together at my house and one of my other friends came over and he brought one of his friends who was a drummer. So um, it was fate, you know, like I met him and I just told him, oh my God, I'm looking for people to, you know, I, I, I think I can play with the guitar. Like it, it was in a, a major gig so I can get by with, you know, looking at the guitar and playing my four chords and yeah. the fact that he he would do it. Like we, we practiced that that first uh, Saturday, I think a week later. And um, he was an, he's an amazing drummer, amazing drummer. And he just brought my songs to life and, and I knew like, okay, I can do this. I can I can create like it's it's up to me how far I want to take it. And and I've always just been um, put it on the back burner and and I've always been lazy. But um, <laughs> like I said, it's the end of the world. I got a good job where I can actually like focus on stuff and not have to. Uh, well, I shouldn't say focus because I'm kind of wrapped up in my job right now. But, you know, it's just time, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, I come in contact contact with older older friends from the past like you and i've been hearing the music that i had in the past and it's just it's re-inspired me like um to to want to put out what i have because i think they're you know it's it's worth listening to and it's worth um recording at least for so that i could hear it where, where did the name the name of the void killers come from um because you told me a long time ago and i remember you you didn't want to use the killers because they literally were just the band at that time who had been around for like a year or two years or yeah. something like and, that. And, and I didn't even I didn't even realize about the killers being part of the Boyd Killers until after like <laughs> when I, when I thought of, we thought of the name the Boyd Killers, it never came to pass that uh that uh that the killers were there. Um, it was about the void, the void inside, and um, I was all about like angst and like you know everything sucks and life is horrible and the man is against you and so so the void inside was was what they create and the void killer is one that comes and fills that void with with music and saying hey um, i'm in the fucked up world with you too okay so so then after so then the void killers was a thing for a little while and you guys did some shows and how long were you guys together uh uh, we were together for about a year and a half. Um, and what happened with the Void Killers was um, we started uh, playing bigger venues. We started with backyards and then we started playing some venues in Hollywood. Um, we were opening for some, I wouldn't say big bands, but they were just, we, when you go from backyards of 20 people to have, um, even if they're there for the other band, it's it's a big like, wow, like we're kind of, we're allowed to play here, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think my my other bandmates were um, were a little bit intimidated of that because the first show we ever played at, at a major place like we majorly fucked up, you know. We had we had um, performed we had practiced for the whole week before and performed it perfectly. So I knew that it was, we were capable of doing a perfect show, but um, we were just nervous. I think we were all nervous. Our drummer fucked up. Who never fucked up. Our all of us kind of like fed off the nervousness we felt. Um, some of my bandmates were kind of intimidated of the fact that we were there. So they started saying like, oh, this place sucks. And when it was actually like a, a pretty, it was a derby, you know, like, and that's kind of like a, a well-known yeah. place. And I remember and that I can actually. Tell that they were, they were a little bit intimidated. I, I, and um, so they, they like going up there with the attitude, like it just, we weren't, we weren't tight and um, we made a lot of mistakes and um, which is okay. Like I, I, I wasn't, I was upset. Not, I mean like disappointed, but I wasn't mad or, I mean like, it happened, whatever, you know, but 
um, after that, they were just like, we we shouldn't do this anymore. We should only pay backyards. We shouldn't like that or whatever. And um, so that kind of bothered me. That um, is that is that the goal is to just play backyards? Yeah, exactly. Like, like so <laughs> we fucked up. Let's 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 get we let's move past it. We know that we didn't fuck up because we can't play a a a, a show without fucking up because we practiced a perfect show, you know. So we knew that it was possible, but it was our nerves and and you know whatever situation was happening and and yeah. So the fact that that happened and I had already had a band that broke up earlier, that was the sec two strikes already. I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to waste my time anymore. And I'm just going to move forward and write songs by myself and um, find a way to record them, you know, alone. So after the Void Killers, you didn't stop making music and you didn't start performing. Oh. So what happened right. with that? Uh, every time I will write music and that's a good idea because that reminded me of something that, well, actually we can't do any open mics because everything's closed. But whenever I would write music or a batch of songs, I wouldn't, um, when I'm looking back on it, I think I did it to reassure myself. But back then I said to myself, I'm doing this because I need to get this out. But um, I would always go to open mic nights, even if it was by myself and uh, play the songs in front of people just just to get over that that initial shock of like, if, I, if nobody throws tomatoes and rocks at me now, then, then uh, I should be okay like presenting it in front of like a, a legit crowd, you know, like, uh -huh, yeah. uh, which actually uh, open mic night is a legit crowd because, you know, you're, it's open mic and all that. Do you think but, so? Um, well, I mean. Well, because I when not, I go to no. open mics, I go and I, you know, I, I have my track that I've made and then I like, you know, I sing over it. And the, the people have not been very friendly to me. Some of them were in Long Beach a couple of times. I, I, I went on my roller skates to open mics. But um, for the most part, I went to like the Rainbow Rainbow Room or Rainbow Lounge or whatever in, in Hollywood. And um, I, I went there several too. times. And, yeah, it was just not a very friendly thing for me. Like the guy, the host kind of looked at me like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> like, I, he, he, like at that point when I started doing it, I, I never felt more like a, like a, like a, like a talentless, uncreative uh, American Idol contestant as I had at that moment, <laughs> in those moments. <laughs> you, you know, I, I always remember though, like, and see, I always, I always thought I was going to go up and be booed off stage. Like I was <laughs> ready for that. Like, and, and I think because if, 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 if it was anything other than that, that's a great surprise, right? You really so, think that people would boo? No, I don't actually think that. I would hope not. But I remember a story Belinda Carlisle once said that the first show they ever did as the Go-Go's, they, um, they were booed off. They actually threw glass video of it, of them like throwing things at them and like booing them off stage. And um, <laughs> I just, I just, and she's like, well, but you have to continue, she said. So I always just kept that in mind. I, I'm the type of person who doesn't always fear the worst, but I always want to have the worst possible outcome in my head so that I can handle it in an appropriate way and not be shocked and just go up to think, yeah, my songs are great. And if somebody, you know, like, so if somebody says, I don't like your songs, like, I don't want to be shocked. I'm just like, okay, that's, that's your opinion. It's, you know, um, like, um, hope for, hope, um, ex hope for the best, expect the worst. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that has um, served me well throughout life. So, <laughs> so, so, um, okay. So then you were doing those open mics and making music and stuff. And then, um, eventually you just like, I want to say you just, but eventually you decided to walk away from it for a while. So I kind of just put my guitar away and, and uh, never, because I, I would play every single day from like for several years after work, I'd come home or whenever I had free time, I'd just be playing my guitar or playing my songs or writing new songs or perfecting my songs. So when I, when I would move around and things got hectic in my life, I just kind of, um, kind of stopped. And then um, I kind of really haven't really started again. And, and so I told you recently, the past couple of years, I, 
I got a, a keyboard and and um, I started writing little chords or not writing but memorizing little chords and trying to write music that way because the 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 melody the song that wants to come out that has been there since I was younger is still there and I still I still hum melodies to myself I still um, write down little um, catchy things that I think are catchy I have my notepad with me I, I've had notepads throughout my life and um, I lost them all re like several years ago but I have new ones for the past several years and like they're just filled with lyrics or or um, formations of songs but but I would need an, uh, an instrument backtrack to complete the songs so they're just like you know what I'm saying like I'll, I'll write like a, like a, what I think could be a chorus or what will end up being yeah. a verse but I don't I don't complete it because it's like uh, like I don't want to waste not wasting but I, I want to save save what I'm going to do to it till I actually I'm going to do something to it you yeah. know I don't want to perfect it on paper I want to perfect it on you know on a on what would you call it like a, a program yeah a, a something that's tangible and then I was also thinking too you know I think I told you before uh I was talking to um, a mutual acquaintance and uh I think that it was, you know, I'd always really wanted to make music with you, with you guys, with you. And, um, you know, like I said, we had our, like, our, like, a period where we weren't, you know, really talking or getting along. But I always, you know, thought it was really cool that you guys were actually, like, doing shows and stuff. And, uh, but uh, now here we are. And I, I'm hoping that we can, um, you know, work on something together at some point and, uh, you know, see what happens. Goes, goes from yeah, there totally. And, like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm totally down. At, um, I've always kind of like when you started doing music, I I, I always kind of figured like, oh, we should we should work together. Or what what a like you know, there's two people, two friends that do the same thing. Like, why wouldn't we, you know, eventually create something? So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. to well, what I think future brings. I think as like I hate to say it like this because it sounds so like what Hollywood wants to hear, but I think as like Hispanic people in America. Yeah. I, I, what I've learned by by not always living in like LA, LA, like you know, brown brown town LA. What I've learned from going to like Las Vegas and or Sacramento and just different areas of the country, I, I've learned that um, we are not. Well, you you don't really realize how much in common we all actually have because of where we come from, because of where we're from. And 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 for for white people listening, what I mean is we come from LA. And when you come from LA, there's a whole other culture they don't show you on TV. And you don't really realize when you're living in that your whole life that the rest of the world is not like Los Angeles. It's not like you know, it's not the same culture as what they tell you on TV. We have our it's like our own it's like our own sub shit. And um, I think that when when I moved away and you know we didn't talk for a while, it took me kind of a while to kind of like really not like not like I didn't appreciate you, but like it took me a really long time to appreciate like the, the the subculture that we that we come from or that we live in or whatever you know so um but either way I, you know yeah when i was hearing you guys making music i thought it was really cool i thought we should make music but you know you already had your own band and then i think i was barely starting out um and then I, what i was getting at was i think as hispanic or latin whatever you want to call us people um people of mixed origin i think that there's a lot of personality a lot of not necessarily ego but a lot of personality you know, we're, we're, we're all raised with a lot of passion and a lot of things going on in our lives. So it makes it kind of difficult to settle on who's going to who's going to be the lead singer and who's going to be this, who's going to do that. You know, <laughs> it can be yeah. a little bit, you know, a little bit um, challenging to, to figure all that stuff out. But now that I'm, you know, older, now that we're all older, I think that I, I think I've kind of learned that, you know, 
I think I, I kind of always looked at like the Beatles and their ability, and it's kind of stupid to even compare to compare myself or compare whatever we're talking about <laughs> to the Beatles. But I've always looked thought of the Beatles as really interesting because they didn't stifle each other. They didn't like you know Paul wasn't always telling you know Ringo stay behind the drums or whatever. you know like they all each when they felt like it they would all do their own songs at some point, and they were all the lead singers and they were all the drummers and they were all the guitarists and you know and I and I think that that's probably when you have such strong personalities or you know. Um, uh, backgrounds that it, it's it's a really good compromise to look at that and say there doesn't have to be like one fucking person all the time who's like center Fle stage Fleetwood you know. Mac was like that too yeah oh yeah yeah Fleetwood Mac yeah. we don't all have to be like Madonna we don't have to all be um you know Beyonce we don't have to all be you know Michael that. Bolton yeah I mean <laughs> <laughs> so like <laughs> but yeah I mean, he's like I mean, a cult hero he's a cult hero now like like is he he's like like a Fabio yeah like like that's he so, has, like, that's, that's so strange to me because he was sued, right, for like for having bad hair. For <laughs> no, for for stealing some gospel singer's music. Was he? Yeah, look it, it up. Sounds to believe... It was like a song. Yeah, maybe. Called, I mean, maybe. There was a song that a gospel group called um, "Love Is Love Is Something," and it was like "Love Is a Beautiful Thing" or "Love Is a Jesus Thing" or something. And he basically, basically, he he did that. He had a song he, called. Love, Love is a wonderful thing. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But he, that melody came from a song that he got from gospel, and they sued him. And it took a while, but he lost. And then that was the end we heard of. That was the last we heard of Michael Bolton. But if you think about he, it, he'd he, always been everybody doing everybody's covers as it was. So. Oh, okay, and he, he's also a songwriter. He runs around with Diane Warren. And Michael Michael Bolton had wrote a lot of uh, songs for artists before he actually uh, like uh, started recording. You know the song, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? Huh? Yeah. You know what song? Like, yeah. That song was, do you remember Laura Branigan? She was at, like an yeah. artist in the early 80s. That that was like one of her songs. And so he wrote that for her. So um, what? Yeah, that's interesting that, huh? You wrote that for her? Are you sure? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, he wrote it. <laughs> Are you, if I'm wrong, I'm, I'll, I'll kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Right? Am I right or wrong? This will tell me, this will say if I'm full of bullshit or not. If, if I'm wrong, then everything I said here was bullshit. Just kidding. Oh. He did, right? Yeah, that's yes. really bizarre. Because I was always in... I was always under the impression that, you know, he kind of made a habit of writing, of, of, of doing covers. He's done a, co a, a few covers. So I'd heard that song before. We'd all heard that song before. So I guess I assumed he that. Did I mean, a, I guess, he did an album. He did huh. an album called Time Space or something where, he, like, two of them, two albums where he just did, like, sitting by the dock of the bay or, like, he did some BG song. He did, a, he did a lot of covers. But he has written some songs and... Uh, it looks like he's stolen some songs too, right? Oh, that's bizarre. <laughs> I did not know that. I'll probably just cut this out. Cause <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, so I why, think like... Why, do you hate Michael Bolton or what? I used to, yeah. I used to. He used to get on my nerves because I always felt like... Well, I used to hate everybody because I always felt like everybody was taking away time from Michael Jackson Madonna. <laughs> I was like, why why am I watching this? When are they coming on? Like, who the fuck gives a shit about this guy, you know? And I didn't really understand that kind of raspy voice either, like Tina Turner, that kind of like strained you know it's not even really strained for them but like i never understood that and especially when i was younger i didn't want to hear that because it just sounded like you could just tell they were older so i i just never really like i was just i mean i wasn't like all old people but i i just never got really into that sound have you heard this song hurt by johnny cash yes isn't that's like 
uh, I like to watch reactors react to that because they, they even young ones, because they get the same feeling. And it's like, like you would think, like, oh, who wants to hear a, a 80, 90 year, five year old man? Like why, who could have anything in common with him? But it, his voice really is weathered. It's like, uh, and, and it really strikes a chord. You know who else's voice was like that? And they sounded like weathered, um, Whitney Houston. Like she was, she was mocked at the end for her voice. Like, oh, she sucks now. But to me, like, yeah, she wasn't able to hit those notes, but to hear her attempt to hit them and to hear the, the, the raspiness that was created from uh, drug use and with drug use comes heartache, you know, like uh, you could just tell her struggle. And, and, and I think to me, she was, her voice was more, um, to me more moving and powerful than it was when it was at its pristine I will always love you which was the, to me is the best voice ever but when she was before she died like she was her, her voice was singing her story and her story is one of sadness and yeah as, to me Whitney Houston is like one of the saddest deaths ever like of, of a celebrity and then her daughter dying the exact same way like a couple yeah. years later like it's, yeah. it's really sad. It's, sad it's like Anna Nicole Smith and her son like when they died like yeah oh she had a son right yeah I, I totally yeah, forgot she, that. She, he I died. Like she had and a little his, girl. She does. She does. But her, she had an uh, older son too, who um, who was always with her and and like was her son. And then I think oh, that um, he died. That. He had oh. some sort of like a, a another suspicious death he had. Yeah. And then um, she died like a month or two later too. She was just like depressed. She would not even talk to anybody. She was that was her life. Just like Whitney Houston. Like remember Whitney Houston would always travel with. Bobby Christina, every yeah. when she was winning the I Will Always Love You award, she was carrying the little baby up there and this is for you, Bobby Christina, like that or whatever. Like so um yeah, that was sad. That was sad. Yeah, that was really yeah. Okay, so coming up in the next like let's say month, uh, month and a half, I am thinking that you're probably gonna put out a um the single for uh your song Evermore. I don't know. Do you think i am it's 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 a it's a song i recorded um uh, a while back but um it's recorded and um i think it's a good good first little taste of um of who i am okay. it, it's an acoustic version it's just the guitar and and me but um but uh you know m maybe one day i'll produce it actually I produce song? no yeah I, maybe one day it'll produce or but yeah it's just um I have a couple songs that are in format like that. Actually, I was gonna ask you too. So I have a CD of uh, my band, The Void Killers. But um, so I was gonna try. Oh, you and, found one? Uh, oh, first one though. Yeah, which is not really? the better one. The second one's a better one. Yeah. Well, still, so, that's still kind of like, thank God for that, right? Yeah, my mom actually had it in her drawer. Like she was cleaning her drawer a couple weeks ago. And she's like, oh look what I have here. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that's so, weird timing. I listened to it. I listened to it and I cringed, but I also was very like, wow, like I'm so proud, not proud of myself, but I was just like, I, I need to, I need to continue to, I need to put out what I've, what I've done and I need to continue to, to explore this avenue because it's something that, um, that I enjoy doing. That's a part of who I am. And, um, yeah, I, I missed it. So, um, I try to record it uh, or burn it on my computer, which is like from the nineties and it doesn't even have a word anymore because it already expired. So when I burned it onto there <laughs> or ripped it, it came out in a, and then I was going to email it to my phone so I could uh, have it on my phone. But um, it came out in a wave file, I think it is. So oh, okay. I yeah. heard of that. Yeah. Well, if you can't um, figure, if you can't do that, just for sure, just upload, upload the one file at a time in wave to Dropbox and then send me the link and make it shareable to me. And I can down, I can download it and then I can convert it 
like in two seconds in Adobe Audition because I have like all the Adobe apps and then send them back to you. You pay for them? Yeah, because I need I need Photoshop and Illustrator. And so I find Audition helpful sometimes when it comes to um, matching levels on certain songs and things. Is it a monthly subscription or yearly or what? It's monthly. It's $30 a year, $30 a month, I mean. But I need my it. Publicist, my publicist is saying I have to go because I have to go to Good LA now. We're doing a, a shoot for Good LA. <laughs> All right. I well, have to go uh, pee. I have to pee, actually. Okay, so you have a new single coming out within the next month or so, um, and then you're going to be working on by February first. Okay, so you're going to be have, have a new single out by February first, and then you're going to be working on some other music that will you'll give a, another date to when to expect like either new singles or new album outs, and then hopefully we'll be making music together. And um, last thing I want to do is thank my very special guest Robert Marshall for joining us been a lot of fun thank and you. i really appreciate you coming on and taking the time thank you thank you you're welcome bye everybody um, my guest today has been robert marshall his new single evermore will be out later this month january 2021 you can find him on instagram and other social medias at robert marshall music support of rob podcast by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash robert signs or at the 18 and over version on onlyfans.com forward slash signs robert there you'll get exclusive content from my overall including bonus podcast episodes previews of projects currently in the works drawings writings and more as my thanks to you for keeping the gears turning you can find me on instagram at robert jacob signs and the imagination of robert signs twitter at robert j signs and facebook at signs comics for a complete list of these links and links to other content you can visit my link tree at robertsigns.com Thank you guys for joining us today on another episode of our Raw Podcast. Until next time, later. You set fire to the daisies I sent you. A punishment for the time I bet you. You 